All right, everybody, let's go ahead and get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are in our lives. We appreciate this opportunity once again um, to be able to get immersed in your word, to better understand what it means um, to be spiritual individuals that can operate in spiritual warfare, that we can be able to advance your kingdom throughout the land. Father, I think that you utilize me in a unique way, a way that you haven't done before. And I pray that the words that be spoken out of my mouth will bring insight, clarity, revelation, and support to these young people. With that being said, I come against every demonic spirit that may be trying to war against myself. They may try to retaliate against my family. I cover them under the blood. I cover these young people as they gain knowledge under the blood. Therefore, no weapon formed against any of us or those connected to us shall prosper. And with that being said, God, we thank you for that authority and that it will be proven manifested throughout this week and throughout this month and throughout our lives. And we appreciate you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, of course, you know, we've been in our spiritual warfare series. It's kind of unique. Uh, you really don't get these in like youth circles, but but it's, it's essential to equip and arm you guys with the information needed to be able to war spiritually. And so I'm not going to read the whole verse for time's sake, um, but you guys are familiar with it. But the uh, the little small piece of verse that we've been settled in for the last uh, four weeks now is verse 10 of Ephesians it says, be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might. So we talked about recap real quick. We said uh, one of the greatest forms of spiritual warfare is being our full selves. I used to tell the young people at the elementary school that I used to work at um, that being beautiful is being you to the full. Be beautiful, being you to the full. That when we're really being our full selves, we become a beautiful light to others. We become a, 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 a glimmer of hope to a lot of people. Um, but being ourselves in God and operating in our full purpose is a form of warfare. We're also talked about being means being present, that if we are present in his presence, then those who are in our presence will find his fullness of joy, sustain them. So we talked about how that is a uh, spiritual warfare as well. But the week before or last week, we talked about what it means or the realization that we're not strong enough. What do we say we were? We're not strong enough to handle in our own strength. What are some of the things we said? I don't know if we said some things. I ain't go back through the, <laughs> but we kind of went through a lot of uh, uh, boulevards, avenues, and streets. But what, uh, well, we could just say, what are some things that we are not strong enough in our own might? We'll we'll, we'll kind of start there. What are some things? Yes, Drew. Uh, We're not strong enough to manage our money. Why? Because every penny we get, we spend it. Yeah, it's called holes in our bag. Like no matter who we are, uh, oh, there's a lot of people who are billionaires, multimillionaires. But they, there's device or vices in their life that are holes in that bag. Therefore, their money follows their addiction. Therefore, they end up proving that they're not managing their money. What? Or they make a lot of money, but they're not advancing the kingdom of God. So in our own strength, we're not strong enough um, to really see the value of money. What's another thing? Two more and we're done. Go ahead, Chess. Uh, devices. Devices. And, and what proves that? Yeah, devices become our vices, right? And it's like we're human machines, not human beings. Now, all of a sudden, now we're like uh, hackable uh, uh, um, machines now that now that we're so plugged in. They, they even said that uh, they delayed. I don't know if they do it now. But like when you check to see if anyone liked your post, 
They delayed it so that you'll be waiting for that red icon to come up and say that you got a like or a message. And it says it releases dopamine in a human's mind. Now it's like you're, you're Las Vegas with your phone everywhere. It's like there's the, the same excitement someone has pulling the lever in Las Vegas hoping to win. It's the same that we do within our devices, which is causing us to be addicted. And now when we're addicted to being accepted, then when all of a sudden when, we, when our likes are not up to par and when things are not where it needs to be, now we fall into low self-esteem, right? So this was by design designed um, for us not to be in our original design as far as human beings. Now we become human machines. What's another thing? Yes, sir. Oh, relationships. And, and what, what proves that we're not, oh, man, you ready for the I do, huh? You ready? Am I letting y'all know right now? He ready for love, man. My bad. So why not relationships? <laughs> Man, we're not strong enough to choose. Man, we're not. Like the way, when, me and my wife talk about this often. How he chose us for us was a miracle. Like when we look back, we're like, man, you almost didn't come to that Bible study when your friend invited you to it. Like, like you almost could, you almost withstand, withstood the riz that I gave you on one of them things. You almost withstood, but you, but you couldn't. You know what I'm saying? I remember when we was, uh, after I spoke one time, it was like a second or third time coming to my Bible study, you know, I was like, let me turn the riz up to about 10. And so while she was over there by the snacks and stuff, because we used to have snacks, uh, drinks, and, well, you know, sprites, not like, not, not no Bud Lights, but anyway, we, <clears throat> she was over there. And my sister's corralled, as I said, I told one of my sisters, I said, I'm going to go, go ask for that number. I went over there, turned the ribs as high as I could. So I, I, gave, I thought my ribs, I said, I'm going to use my off the ribs. I said, man, last time you came, I ain't give you no free book. You know what I'm saying? Let me give you one of the books I wrote. You know, <laughs> Young author. <laughs> this is my ribs. Let me do my ribs. This is, this is the Ezzy ribs. All right. You know what I mean? So I, I slid the book out of my, I said, let me autograph this for you. You've never seen a young black king with a book at 23, right? I did, after I gave her the book and signed, I said, it's okay if I have your number. She pulled the phone out. I said, oh, I got you. But she said, not right now. Oh. But, but, but <laughs> I say all that to say, I say all that to say that, that, that you see where the Riz has brought us. We're together with a child now, married with a child. You know what I'm saying? To make sure I make that clear. <laughs> and it was the Riz of the Lord. It was the Lord's Riz. It wasn't my Riz. It was not in my own strength. <laughs> but I'm saying, it, what am I, what am I saying? I'm saying um, that you have to make sure that you realize that you're not strong enough to choose love because we don't even know what love is. Right. And so right now, the person that you're dating or interested in. Now, it's interesting because I told you the story how uh, y'all don't probably don't know about Jamie Foxx show. But uh, uh, what's that girl name from Jamie? Fancy. It's interesting that that's why I don't like if you like what you like, like what you like. There's a reason why you like what you like. Right. So because God is omniscient, God knows what's sufficient, like he knows what's for me. So there's going to be glimpses at this age. You're going to be like, I like this type of girl. Don't feel bad about that. I like these type of guy. And you wouldn't be surprised if you get that type of guy. The issue is we only see the frame, but we don't see the foundation. So if the issue is we see a glimpse, oh, this type of man I want, this type of woman I want. You know the frame you want, but you don't know the fruit that you want in that person. And so as you get older, 
You begin to say, okay, I like this type of guy, but he has to have these fruits. I like these type of girls, but she has to have these roots. Like I have to have these different things involved. All right. Well, I love naps on Sunday, man. It just sets me up. And <laughs> anyway, so we're not strong enough to choose. Like, because when you choose, you lose because you thought that you was able to choose. Now, now strong by definition is having the power to move heavy weights or perform other physical demanding tasks or able to withstand great forces of pressure. So we talked about having means already in possession. That means I'm already strong enough. Right. It's not about what we have in possession. It's about who we have in possession. Like we are unfortunately have been more programmed to be physically fit. We've been more programmed to be academically fit. We've been programmed to be strengthened in all these areas, but spiritually. So the devil mocks us or demons mock us when we begin to say, well, this is where my strength. The Bible says those who boast that, that don't boast in your might, don't boast in your money, don't boast in your wisdom. But let those who boast boast in this, that they know the Lord. Like that should be our boast, because what we boast would give us our boost. Right. And so if I boast in him. I may not have all the money in the world. I may not be the strongest man in the world. I may not have whatever, whatever else in the world. But I know in whom my strength lies. And a lot of people are failing in spiritual warfare because they don't have him in full possession. We have the Holy Spirit in full, but the Holy Spirit doesn't have us in full. Now, being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that I have three fourths of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that I have half of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that I have his arm and not his legs. It means I have him in full capacity, but he, but he doesn't have me in full capacity. Like, like, like uh, for instance, we got to say, okay, have I given him full access to every room in my heart? Have I, because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Like, he's not going to be like a, a monkey wrenching the door open. Let me into that lust. Let me into that pride. Let me in. Let me in. Like, he's, he's not going to be like that. What he is going to do is saying, you know, why won't you let me in? And a lot of us don't understand that when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about where we have a repented that unlocks certain doors for him to renew our minds in soulishly. So that we can be able to boldly be who we need to be. If we don't allow that to happen, then we won't operate in that strength. So have means I already possess the strength, already possess it in physical, emotional, mental and spiritual form. Um, So having the power to move heavy weights, that's someone who's strong, someone who bench 500 pounds, et cetera, et cetera. Being able to perform demanding tasks, you have to be strong. Like there are certain people who can only handle certain levels of business, certain levels of employment. They're not strong enough mentally to deal. There was people I worked with many places, like from Victory to the elementary school to the YMCA, that that some were equipped to handle parents. Like when I was at, at my elementary school, when a parent, I, mean, I worked at a hood school. I'm talking about hood, hood, hood. I'm talking about like, like, you know, hood. But the one thing I love about hood schools, you know, hood people don't shoot up hood schools. So we never concern ourselves. They'll shoot somebody in the school. <laughs> but then they, they, they same niece go to that school. They say, don't shoot the whole school up. But my niece go there, right? But anyway, <clears throat> so my principal, other people will say when a, when a rowdy parent came or came into the school, they knew I was patient enough to handle them. Other teachers wasn't patient. Right. So there are certain tasks 
that God is saying, allow me to make you strong enough for so that you are actually last. But let's keep going. Now, uh, it says the enemy only attacks our weak areas, not our strong areas. He only attacks our weak areas. That's why you have to say you are I always say this: you are only as strong as the weakest area in your life. You can be strong. You can be really, really strong in this area. But if this area is weak, if you weak with women, you weak with men, you weak with money. It doesn't matter how strong you are. He's going to come through that weak corridor. Um, I think I said everything I want to say about being strong. Now we're going to talk about what does it mean to be strong in who? The Lord. Right. Uh, it says be strong in the Lord. So our strength comes from being in him. Now, here's some things I'm going to give you and we're going to kind of talk a little bit. Uh, being in the Lord, let's get the word in. In means inside or involved. Like all of us, who wants to go to hell? Let's see a show of hands. Who wants to go? Anybody want to go? Nobody wants to go. Wow, that's, I've never seen this unanimous. <laughs> Nobody wants to go to hell, right? So everybody's cool with Jesus being their savior. Nobody gets mad when Jesus saved me from this hellish experience or save me from the penalty of hell. The thing that we have a problem with when it comes to Jesus is him being our Lord. Lord means full ownership, full control. So in order for us to be strong, our strength can't come in the fact that he saved us. Our strength can't come from from that alone. It has to come along with him being a Lord of our lives. The one thing about humans <clears throat> is that we don't want to be lorded over. We don't want someone else leading us. We want uh, uh, individuality. We want independence. And that's where we find ourselves uh, uh, not strong. So our full strength, in order for us to be strong and in the strength of his might, I have to be in him. Now, uh, also, I got to be involved. Like, I just can't be on the inside as a Christian. Cool, you know, cool. I'm saved, cool, and I'm just going to be complacent. Being in the Lord means I'm doing the Lord's work. I'm also involved. What are some of the benefits of working alongside somebody in a mentorship relationship or whatever? What is the benefit of walking or working with someone that, that's, that's successful? What are some of the benefits of that? Yes. Uh, that joint collaboration uh, takes you guys both higher in one way or another. Either you learn from that person or they learn from you. And in that, you get a lot of brilliant ideas. That's real. That's good. Anybody else? That was the most eloquent answer I done heard in my life. <laughs> the first two words, I was like, good gracious. <laughs> let, me, let me just not say nothing with that because I'm going to sound dumb. Now I'm joking. Anybody else? What are some of the benefits of a mentorship, mentee, or, or a discipleship kind of thing where you're involved with someone? Well, we just stop right there because she kind of. Anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is this. There's a benefit, right? Like, like when I work with God, I learn more about him. Like I get to see uh, uh, what really makes someone great. Like, like, like you can look at uh, uh, Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, or LeBron James. You can look at their game and say, OK, they're good. But when you go to the practice facility, you see what it takes. They said something about Steph Curry. I think Andre Iguodala said, um, um, you know, everyone just thinks that Steph Curry is the what they call him, the light skin assassin, the light bright. Or what, well, anyway, uh, but the, the, some type of uh, baby face assassin. My bad. <laughs> they, 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 they were, Iguodala was saying everybody just thought that Steph Curry was just this, whatever, whatever. Until he got into the Golden State on the Golden State's team, he saw what made him so good as a shooter. 
Like, so we can be in awe of someone's greatness, but we may not be willing to do what it takes to be great. Like, like God is saying, man, work with me so you can become great. Like a lot of Christians are mediocre, average at best. And we wonder why our nation is where it is. We wonder why our families are where they are. He said greater works we will do. That's bold for God to say, you know what? Y'all saw what I've done, but greater works. Now, let's talk about that. We, we've heard in the Bible, I got it written down. It says the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. With strong power. The Bible says, so the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and Gideon went to war. It says the Lord came upon jo, jo, uh, Jephthah, whatever his name is, and went to war. It says, and the spirit of God came mightily upon David. The Old Testament, we see that the spirit of the Lord came upon someone and they did something great. The issue is they knew the difference between the Holy Spirit coming upon me Versus the Holy Spirit, not upon me. Like, imagine being, you know, when, when Samson got his hair cut, he lost his strength. And then when his eyes was plucked out and he was put in between two pillars, he prayed and repented. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson again and he killed more men in that one moment. than he, I don't know if that's true. Yes. Yeah, he killed more men at that one moment than he ever killed in his whole time, right? And you see how these people in the Old Testament experienced great uh, feats when the Holy Spirit uh, came upon them. The thing about us is we don't even know what it's like to have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Like, it's one thing to have him come upon you, but it's another thing with him is in you. And the issue, the devil wants you to not fellowship with him because he knows that's the weapon that's the person I can't defeat. And if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of us spend barely any time with him. We don't even know how to operate in him. We don't even know how to be led by him. And when that reality check comes through, you would be like, man, listen, man, I'm done for. Right now, some of us are in the middle of some spiritual warfare, tactics, battles, uh, thievery. Is thievery a word? Yeah. All right, all right, look at that, okay. Thievery, all that is happening because the Holy Spirit is saying, fam, come on, like, tag me in, fam. Like, we, we, we could be the tag team champions of the world. Like, like tag me in. But we're like, nah, I got it. Like, if we really examine ourselves, we can really say, you know what? Academically, I'm strong. Athletically, I'm strong. But spiritually, I am weak. And that's the reality check, because there is going to come an evil day if it hasn't already. Like, do you know <clears throat> that the devil really demons? I don't like to say devil because the devil's not omnipresent. So the devil's not everywhere. The devil is in a location right now. God is the only one that's everywhere. Right. Satan is not. But he has a, a machine and he has demons and he has people like right now. There's more in this room than us. There's demons in this room. Demon, though, maybe they, because of the anointing that's flowing in here, they may be like, I'm going to wait by the car and wait for her to come back out. Or I'm going to wait till he's, and I'm going to hop up on him when we get or whatever. Or there may be some demons inside of us, right? But that demon is ultimate objective is to steal. Like, do you know, <clears throat> that's why I'm always on my post, and I say these prayers not just because it's cute, not because, oh, it sounds good. No, I cover my wife. It's a full moon right now. Like, like this is probably one of those Black Sabbaths right now. Like, like there's some demonic stuff that's happening right now. And I got to be proactive. And the issue with a lot of us as, as Christians is that that strength is missing. 
Like, because we're not tapping into him who he really is. And so if we're not careful, like, like right now he is stealing something that your mind may not be renewed enough to recoup enough. So the only way God can redeem time is if our minds are renewed. So all the stuff that's being stolen from you can be redeemed if your mind is renewed. Because if your mind's not renewed, then you're going to keep doing the same thing, keep the same doors open for the demons to keep stealing from your life. That's the tactic. So I got to say, God, show me somewhere in my thought patterns, in my mental space, in my mindset, or where my settings mentally are off. That's allowing demons to run rampant in my life. That's real. Right now, you're, you don't know what's stolen from you. until Who's seen Oceans, the Oceans 10, Oceans 11, Oceans 12? Like, like, like people, in the, uh, people were in the casino. While millions of dollars were being stolen from them. Like the, the, the guy was so confused, so messed up that they were literally stealing while people were playing in a casino to the point to where they messed up the cameras. They, he, they, they, they stole in their presence. And right now in your presence, there's a team of eight or nine demons or so that's stealing from you and you don't even feel it. You don't even know it until one day you're like, man, I'm... I've been robbed. <laughs> I've been robbed of peace. I've been robbed of joy. I've been robbed of purity. I've been robbed of all these different things. And now because we don't know how to renew our minds when times are good, what makes you think you can really expedite the renewal mental process when all hell is breaking loose against you mentally? Now, all of a sudden, now 20 years are gone because you're still stuck on what happened 20 years ago. So now I got to say, hey, man, I, I uh, Holy Spirit, like, yo, fam, like he he didn't send us him just for no reason. He was like, yo, you need him more and more. Now, uh, the issue is um, we we don't want lordship and why. Why, do, why is it hard for people or for Christians to allow Jesus to be their Lord? Like, yes, go ahead, Chester. We don't trust. We're afraid. It's almost like what Pastor Marlon Goose said about the GPS. It's like it's like we don't we don't we like to know where we're going. We like to know all details. And my wife hates when we watch movies, man, especially a movie she's seen, because I'm like, yo, tell me what happened. Like, I don't want to be I don't like being surprised. Like, if you know the man going to come around the corner and, and cut somebody open, yeah. let me know. Because I don't want to look vulnerable. You know, I've seen some on Instagram where this guy had put, like, this uh, mask on top of a pole. <laughs> and he lifted the pole up where the couple was. And the girl saw it and started screaming, right? He put the pole down. The guy turns around put the pole back up. The man screamed worse than the girl. <laughs> so, so I was like, yo, tell me if something happened because I want to keep my, my manhood, right? <laughs> but the thing is, is that, man, what, I be going down these paths and I be forgetting. What, what, what made me go right? Um, we like to know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that wasn't that good enough. But, anyway, but we like to know. And we are afraid because if I let the Lord lead my life, he may let that guy out of my life. Mm. 
he may let that girl out of my life. Like, we are afraid. This message for Chester. <laughs> we are afraid. Ain't none of you. Those, those who hunger and thirst. Now I'm just. <laughs> what I'm saying is this. Is that we are afraid that God will actually raid our life. Like, we're afraid that he's going to raid and be like, no, I'm taking this, I'm taking that, I'm taking this, I'm taking that. Or we're afraid that, that, that am I even adequate for the place that he's taking me? One of the areas of my life that I was afraid of for years, man, like, people don't understand how scared I was to be a dad. Like, I remember, I remember my wife and I, we, we, we went through some stuff to, to conceive. And, and that day that she took the pregnancy test, and she came back and she and she I mean, she I, I never seen a ugly, joyful cry like my wife. I mean, we, I saw pain and joy at the same time, like like she was crying with joy, but she was crying like like we we fought the greatest battle of our life. And so she, it wasn't like, we're pregnant. Oh. It was like, uh, uh, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I, said, I said, let me hold you. you gonna be going. And then she called, she called uh, her mom, her sister. Well, we called my mom first because we already knew that we, there's four women over there that's going to hold her on the phone for a while. But when she was on FaceTime with them, it hit me. I was like, oh, snap. This, this, and bone in my bone, flesh in my flesh. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this, this is real. And I had to go to the other room. And I started crying. I said, Lord, ah. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you have no words. <laughs> it hits you. It's like, it's like. I, I, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been uh, Coach Josh. I've been Mr. Ezzy. Now I'm Pops. I'm Dad. I'm Daddy. Like, 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 like. And then I realized. I said, "Man, I don't have no strength right now because I've never seen this before. I've never seen what a dad was before. I've, I, I didn't live with a dad. I didn't, you know. I don't know. And so what I realized was, it was like, man." His strength is made perfect in our weakness. And there's going to come a place where you ain't going to have no words, but you're going to say, God, look, man, like, I need you to leave me. I'm afraid because I'm scared. I'm like, man, I don't want to stumble. I don't, I don't want to uh, 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 fall into a trap where I lose my wife and I lose my daughter. And it's like, like, I was afraid. And then I realized, hey, man, what's there to be afraid of? He's our strength. And there's going to come a moment where you're going to be like, God, I don't know where you leading me. I don't think I'm adequate enough. But what's the saying says? He doesn't, uh, he doesn't call the qualify. He qualifies the call. Is that how it goes? He doesn't. Well, how you say it? Uh, he doesn't choose to qualify. Because when you're qualified at first, you're boasted in your qualifications. But when you're called first, you're like, wrong number, God. Uh, what you call me to do? <laughs> Okay, God, I'll I call you back. No, so, but no, he said, I called you to this. That's why you have to go through the period of being afraid in order to really be successful. Because when God said, I called you to speak, but I was a stutterer, I was like, you want me to speak when I stutter. You want me to speak when I failed Miss McCullough's class a couple of times. Like, like, and thank God for some, you know, I got my grades right. But I was like, How? But he always calls you first so that you can stay close. Right. So let's keep going. Uh, what does it what it means to be in the Lord? Here's four things and we'll stop here and we'll do part three next week. What it means to be in the Lord. Now, 
Because when we see these type of phrases, like, okay, preachers will preach it. And you're like, be in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. And you're like, okay, what does it practically mean to be in his lordship? Now, here's four things. L-O-R-D. It means to be in his love. What are some of the benefits of a Christian that's in and immersed in his love? What does that look like? What does that mean to you all? It gives you mercy. Gives you mercy. So now when I'm in his love, it's like, man, see, the thing about God is his love ain't something that we mismanage. It's not something like the Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace abounds? It said, God forbid. Right. But when you know you loved, like I tell people, man, work from love, don't work for love. What's the difference? Working from love versus working for love. What's the difference? Yes. Uh, working for love, you're not comfortable in the state that you're in. Mm-hmm. Working uh, from love, you're comfortable where you're at, and you're just able to share what you what you have. That's real. So working, f- go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Working from love, you're working from support. Working for love, you're working for that support. Boy, y'all teaching the teaching. Y'all teaching today. Anybody else got a word in their belly? Oh, I thought you, you was just rejoicing. You were snapping. So working from love, and we've seen now, come on, be honest with me. I understand, but don't, don't think I'm, just hear what I'm saying. You ever seen someone that's a universal, bona fide four, walk like they're 10? You hear what I'm saying? Respectfully. Irrespectfully. You ever seen someone that if you, if you polled, 20 out of 20 people, they'll say they're five below. Not the story, but you know something. Five below. But they walk in the room like they 10 and above. They're walking from love, right? Because they're saying, I may not be the most pretty girl, the most handsome guy, but I'm walking from love. You ever seen a girl who's a 10 acting like a three? A guy who's a 10 acting like a 2.7? Some people got some point numbers too. You know what I'm saying? They not they ain't made it to the four or five. So you've seen people who you're like, girl, like you too pretty to be acting like this. You too handsome, young man, to be to be low self-esteem. You'll be surprised how many people are. I'm talking about universally accepted, beautiful. Like everyone would say, oh, she's pretty, he's handsome, right? But they don't even know it themselves. So there's a lot of people right now who, when a Christian is working from God's love, walking in God's love, they full of self-love. See, when I'm, the Bible says the, the love, the perfect love of, hold on, the love of, the perfect love of God cast away all fear, right? When we are immersed in the Lord's love for us, it removes all fear. People are afraid to commit People are afraid uh, um, to, to not commit. Like some people are afraid to leave a guy they should have left years ago, leave a girl they should have left weeks ago, but they're afraid to commit and, and decommit, right? Because God's love hasn't perfected them. When God's love, perfect love, perfects in you, and you're like, man, you love me, love me. Like even when I was yet in seeing you die, like, like you, your love, nothing. He says nothing can separate us from his love, right? Then that initiates self-love. What are some of the markers of someone who loves themselves? I mean, we're not talking about like egotistical or fake self-love. We're talking about real, solid, love themselves. What are some markers of that? Go ahead, Chester. Um, I would say they will not let anybody that is 
anybody that is not in generally in the same spirit as them get close to them because um, that's the easy way for them to get off track mm -hmm. the uh, way for the devil to come in sneak in and try to get you off the realm so, that's right um, just they don't want to be connected with it they just want to just they can smell, they can smell anything. They can smell anything that would destroy them a mile away. They say, man, I love myself, I limit myself. What is another marker of someone who loves them? Go ahead, uh, Drew. Uh, every day, just say something positive to themselves in the mirror. Like, mm -hmm. self-reflection. Because, mm -hmm. like, God, I feel like I made that. So why are you, as a low self-esteem, why are you criticizing yourself when I made you? No so, else can tell you okay. how ugly you are. Just know God can call you that's real that's real see when you love yourself like you're real with yourself like you you reflect often right one more person yes harms and two more people and i'll come to you go ahead harms that's right you can't they love it they smile and keep it moving go ahead swear they're content that's real when you love yourself man you can enjoy yourself anywhere you are right and so self-love now when a person's fears have been perfected by God's love and it starts sprouting in them self-love, then they know how to distribute their love appropriately. How does that formula help them distribute their love appropriately? So when a person is full of self-love, how do they delegate their love? Or distribute, not delegate, distribute their love. That's good. So that means, hey, everybody gets some love. But nobody gets all my love, right? Yeah. Like, so there's, for instance, I make sure I make this plain. Like, there's access levels to certain levels of my love. Like, like I love everyone, but not everyone knows how to love me, right? But everyone gets some love from me. Love can be, hey, you know, Mr. Ezzy hug, Mr. Ezzy dap up. Like, everybody gets that love. But there are some people at the school that be like, Mr. these people be coming to me like they pay two fifty dollars an hour. Mr. Ezzy, meet with me right now. Fam, fam, come on, come on. They don't pay me enough for this. <laughs> to hear about the third guy you talked about in this week. Like, we don't, we don't got time. You know what I'm saying? I don't got time. So what I'm saying is, is that do I give them time? Yes. I give them about five, ten minutes. And they don't get mad when someone else get 50, but they get five. Because they're actually listening, right? What I'm saying is everybody gets some love, but not everybody gets my full love because full love Man, that's expensive to distribute. Like, do you know how much time and energy is invested when you are loving everyone in full? So distribution of love is important. Like, I got to learn, hey, I love you, but I love me more. I tell people this all the time. Never love someone beyond your love for yourself. If you never get anything from me, never love someone beyond your love. For, so what are some dangers of loving someone beyond your love for yourself? Yeah, you you'll actually stay with someone because you don't want to hurt their feelings and you'll be in torment in a relationship because you want to keep them smiling while you fake smiling. Hey, Chester, Chester, I've been okay. Yeah, you've been okay. Yeah, okay. Hey, you got Chester said I had some girls, bro. All right, let's keep All right, what it mean? Go ahead, Drew. Go ahead, Drew. Go ahead, Drew. That's right. Like you give up, like you just try to give up everything to love somebody, and then once they break your heart, then you and them pieces. Man, we all been there. You done gave all your love and got this much love back. And you got left, not love, right? I'm kidding. <laughs> you see, what you say? What you say? We're all the story. 
Don't give your what out? Don't give your heart out. That's right. Guard your heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn, he's like, listen, I ain't loving nobody. All right, so uh, 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 also, let's keep going. It says, uh, so what it means to be in the Lord, be in the Lord, it means to be in his love. That means no matter where I go, I know I'm loved. No matter who rejects, no matter who betrays you, no matter who abandons you, you know the love of the Lord is there, right? Number two, it means, what it means to be in the Lord, it means to be in his omniscience. Oh, omniscience. Like, to be in the Lord knows that I may not know where we're going. I may not know where you're taking me, but I know you know. What is the benefit of not knowing but knowing? Not knowing but knowing that the one who knows knows. Yes. You know there's something. Like God, like, like, come on, man. We've been there. Don't when you was family, like surprise, like when you surprise someone, there's a joy for the one that's surprising. Like, why do we have joy surprising? Why do we we go to like, don't tell them because why? Unexpected. The reaction. Yeah. So do you not think God is the same? Where do we get that from? God's like. Just stay with me. I got a big surprise for you. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ever ask or think. Like, fam, the Bible ain't just a book. of. It's not a poetic book like, oh, that's cute. No, these are principles. He will give you exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ever asked or think. Do you know when you right now at 17 to 18, I tell people that gets uh, affected by their singleness or something like that, they're going to be like, when, when they, they met this guy who they thought was the best, they met this girl who they thought was the best, right? I've been there. And then you met the exceedingly abundantly above all, right? Like, there's a, I, can, I can testify on this side of the equation to say I've seen the exceedingly, the abundantly, the above all I ever asked or think. Like, have you asked for something and then saw that you got something 10 times better than what you asked for? Or have you gotten something you ain't even thought you needed? Like, like that's the beauty of being his omniscience, that when I'm in the Lord, I let him lead, and I let him uh, organize, and I let him be who he is, and I submit to his lordship, then I know anything that comes down the pipeline from him is going to be bigger than I ever asked or thought. That's why you. That's why they say you see what you eye. You see with your eyes, but you have faith in your mind. Like, like the Bible says. Uh, what about say? Um, uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. You can't trust your eyes. That's what the Bible says. We don't walk by sight because what you see circumstantially, you see defeat. You see loneliness. You see all your, you see your ex having fun. You see, you see, it's crazy to be in a situation where you see more of your ex than you see of your next, right? So now you see all their life going good and then you get caught in your sight versus trusting in God's might. There's a difference. So I have to be in a place where I say, God, I trust you even though I don't see you operating in me. That's where this generation, my generation, all generations have to practice not being distracted by what they see. Right now, you don't see no offers. Right now, you don't see no college. Right now, you don't see nothing. You don't see nothing. But God says, I see it all. You got to trust that I know what's best. Man, I, I went through it, man. I didn't graduate college. In a season where college was everything. See, right now, y'all cannot go to college and y'all still be like, oh, that's cool. 
your entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship, all this stuff I wanted was not cool back then. We didn't have social media. So imagine going to graduation after graduation after graduation when you're graduating. Hear your parents saying, when you going back to school? Hear all of that. And then after, you look back and you be like, God organized it the whole way. So what I'm trying to say, in his lordship, you got to trust his omniscience saying, God, you know what's best. If you can't stomach embarrassment, you ain't going to be able to enjoy success. Because in some seasons, you're going to be embarrassed because everybody else is being celebrated. The devil knows the traps of celebrating slavery and dis, uh, 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 diminishing the impact of freedom. Here it is. Everybody and their mama cheers the person. No offense. Hear what I'm saying? Nothing wrong with college. Nothing wrong. But people will celebrate it unanimously that everything has to be, if you don't go to college, you're not going to be successful. Right. So now all of a sudden, what about the person who don't need college? With people who need college, cool, go. But celebration has to be universal. Celebration has to say, you know what? I celebrate that you want to be an entrepreneur. I celebrate that you want to get right into the workforce because he knows the devil knows all sizes. One size doesn't fit all. But if I propagate the propaganda that all all size fits all, then the people who's meant to fit out will be forced to fit in, and they'll miss out on all that God has for them in their own uniqueness. And so the issue is, we, we get caught up, we'll do it because I need my mom's validation. I need my dad's validation. It's like, bump them. Like, you ain't gonna, respectfully, <laughs> you ain't gonna have to stand, <laughs> you don't have to stand before God. God gonna be like, if you, the Bible talks about, you have, if you don't hate your mom or dad, and that word hate doesn't mean hate, like I hate my mom or dad. The translation was wrong. It means to love less. If you love anyone over God, that person's voice will be louder to you. So you got to say, I, I, Mom, I respectfully, I hear you. Dad, I respectfully, I hear you. But I got to follow the Lord because he knows what's best. Because a lot of us are just the only reason why our parents want us to do certain things is because they uh, want to fill up their insecurities. To have talking points at their country club. They have talking points with their friends. Well, you know, my daughter, she's a biochemist. And, and you know, my son. <laughs> Nothing wrong. Hear me what I'm saying. Nothing wrong in that. So I'm not sitting there championing no school. What I'm saying is all sizes don't. One size don't fit all. So you have to trust his omniscience. Now, what does it mean to be in, uh, uh, what does it mean to be in the Lord? It means to be in his love. It means to be in his omniscience, and it means to be in his righteousness. Oh, man, time's almost up. Righteousness means, like right now, and this is a, this is a complicated biblical doctrine a lot of people struggle with. Righteousness means when Jesus died on the cross, our sins was placed on him. So his death paid the whole payment for everybody. So if anybody chooses, the payment's paid. The Bible says, then his righteousness was imputed on me, <clears throat> meaning that this capital R righteousness is I'm in right standing with God legally. That doesn't mean I, I'm, I'm doing everything right. It just means I'm righteous in him. That means when God. Lo- so, for instance, when when uh, uh, the, uh, the, pl- the 10th plague came into Egypt, it didn't matter if there was a drug dealer in that home. It didn't matter if there was a gay person in that room, if the blood was on the doorpost. The angel wasn't like, yo, what's your sexuality? 
They ain't, they hear what I'm, I'm not trying. Hear what, there's, a, there's an other half to that. So please understand. I'm not sitting there saying there's a difference between being gay and pride and prideful in it and be a person struggling with gay stuff, hoping to be healed. There's a difference. I'm not talking about the gay. If you had a flag outside your door in Egypt, I'm pretty sure it didn't matter what kind of blood. I'm just. Anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is when you're like, yo, I want to be free from this. Like people understand how long it takes for people to be free. Like people think that you can go to the altar. And if you have gay tendencies, they think that one prayer to altar can free a person. You can be free from the homosexual demon. But what about the psychological entrapments from the abuse and the molestation that opened the door? So we are, we celebrate the altar transformation. Oh, but then when the wrist is still bent and the hip's still switching, now we're thinking they're not even a Christian. But that person doesn't have anyone walking with them, helping them unpack the molestation, unpack the abuse unpack the actual sexual experiences with the same like there's levels to deliverance there's a lot of people who struggle with porn struggle with uh, uh, alcohol but see the issue is we try to treat the fruit but we don't tend the roots what is the root reason why there's fruit in this season that's the thing you have to process another topic for another day but his righteousness means that when the angel went over the room, he saw the blood on the doorpost and said, okay, they're in right standing with God. I don't, I don't got time to look into every room to see who's actually righteous, 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 or self-righteous. Now, back to here. When Jesus on the cross, those who accept him as Lord and Savior, they're justified as his son or daughter, meaning that I'm legally have been adopted eternally into his family. So I'm in right standing with God. Hell is not on my, in my future. Righteous living should be a byproduct of his righteousness. So if I'm in his imputed righteousness, there's something in me that says, God, for me, for you to still favor me while I just did this with her. Like you still like God. The Bible says what draws people to repentance? Goodness. God ain't going to be like, get right. And then we'll go right. God saying, man. I'm just going to be so good to you till one day you're going to feel like, man, I don't deserve this. But you still serving this? Humbles you. God, make my life clean. I want to be righteous with my wife. I want to be righteous with my daughter. I want to be righteous in every area of my life because you know I don't even deserve this right standing. That's what comes with his lordship. It's like, man, I'm in right standing, but I ain't perfect. <laughs> like, Christianity is a process, right? Last but not least, what it means to be in the Lord, it means to be in his domain and his dominance. You can't operate in dominion if you're outside of his domain for your, for your life. Like, if you're trying to dominate this area, but he's saying this is your domain, you're not really going to have that dominance there. But it also means that I got a name that's above all names. Like, I can walk in a situation and I can use that name. But the thing is... You got to believe that name to use that name. You ever been in a situation where you were sleeping, you had that sleep, quote unquote, paralysis, and you can't move your arms, you can't move your lips, you can't move nothing? Oh, my spiritual mom told me years ago, my mom told me, like, anytime that happens, just if you can't say Jesus, just think Jesus over and over again. Who's been in a situation where he said the name or thought the name and that demon's, all right, we got to get up off of you. I've been there. All right. So there's power in that name. But the power increases when you are saying to that name. 
Like when you become and you like, man, I'm going to really live this Christian life out. Man, demons will be like, oh, man. Remember the story where he says, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? You don't want to be that. Who are you <laughs> in this situation? You trying to cast out a demon. You trying to do this spiritual warfare stuff. They're going to be like, who's you, fam? You want to be, oh, I know you already. So I don't even mess with you like that. To be in his lordship, that means I got to be in his love, man, man, God. I'm walking from love, not for love. Walk, working for love is a lot of work. If you got to make them love you, they'll never love you. Yes. Oh. See what I'm saying? I also got to be in his omniscience. God, I trust you know everything. I, you're the Lord of my life. It may, it may not look good right now, but I know something's coming down the pipeline. So that when somebody else is blessed, I tell you all the time, when someone else get blessed for you, just be thankful you're in the same line as them. Come on. Come on. You, this mess for Chester. <laughs> I'm afford him the, the link <laughs> for the week. But you got to say, man, because when you know when you know that God has what's best, because let me tell you something. You may want what they have, but you may not have what it takes to have what they have. That's the real measurement. Desire is only half the equation. Discipline is the other side. You can desire love, relationships, desire money. But if you don't have the discipline that you won't succeed. And you got to uh, uh, it means to be in his righteousness that man. Because you took my sins and put your rights on me, I want to live a righteous life. Uh, and I got to be in this domain. Where does God want you to be mainly? Like where, what, what career path does he want you in? God is never going to give you strength in an area that he never called you to. So if you want that supernatural favor and support, you got to be in his domain so you can dominate. The Bible says, what it says in Genesis, it says, uh, be fruitful and multiply uh, and subdue it and have dominion or something like that. Appreciate you. Preachers, be, we, we, we be putting verses together. <laughs> I pull some from Matthew and Genesis, put it in the same sentence. But we're supposed to dominate as Christians. Like, dominate. I mean, I'm talking about Daniel Joseph levels. Like, how are you Daniel? How are you Joseph? And you and you in a foreign land and a foreign leader wants you wants to give you a third of the kingdom wants to put like you got to be in such dominance. That's like, oh, this country needs me. This state needs me. Like you walk in a room and you like, man, imagine you walking in a room and judges and doctors and lawyers are surrounding. Imagine like billionaires coming to you for financial advice. Like like that's how it's supposed to be. Like, like we're supposed to be in such a place where we say, God, lead me because you're my Lord. So I can be when you heard the king of kings, Lord, of Lords, what do you first think? People think that he's Lord over Lords as far as like he's Lord over Joe Biden or he's king over whatever. It's us. He wasn't supposed to be Lord over them because that's not his people. Lord of Lords means we're supposed to be Lords over things. King of Kings, man, he said, I want y'all to be kings. So you got to say, okay, man, am I strong in the Lord to the place to where I can dominate for the Lord and advance his kingdom? Because it's an unfair fight. The devil just thought us, just tricked us in thinking that we should fight with our might versus fighting in his. When you fight in the Lord, you'll win every time. Any questions, thoughts, comments? We're good. All right, cool. We're done.